Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It's 105 in Edmonton. At uh, 107 today, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. 125 will get to Oilers Now trivia for Greta Global Street Food. 135, John Shannon, our NHL insider. And we'll also do a trek down this day in Oilers history as well. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. And, uh... We head off to our River Creek Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. He uh, has the Cult of Hockey blog, one of the most popular blogs about the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Some excellent work from uh, David and uh, Kurt Levins, who writes a uh, must-read piece every Sunday, as well as Bruce McCurdy, to name a couple. And he is also, for Post Media out of Edmonton, uh, their man about COVID. And, uh, man, there are a lot of things going on right now. We welcome back to the show David Staples. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, Bob. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, we'll work uh, maybe opposite of the order in which the story is being reported in these markets, uh, because I do think that the... Uh, a story that's going to become a bigger story and one that may frustrate a lot of Canadians may ultimately come to fruition. So you know where I'm going right now. And that has to be with uh, Trudeau's announcement yesterday about vaccines because obviously that can play a huge factor into the return of normalcy in society, not to mention, of course, the industry that I'm involved with as a guy who's employed by the Oilers Entertainment Group. So there you have it. Um, So... Lots going on, but uh, give me your take about what happened uh, yesterday where Trudeau announced that Canada is not at the top of the queue uh, for vaccines because uh, they didn't produce them, unlike Germany, Britain, and the United States. Well, that's a disaster for Canada. I mean, if if we're um, one or two or three months behind vaccine rollout uh, compared to these other countries, um, the, the cost to the economy, the cost in lives is absolutely devastating. So when I heard that, Bob, I just found that news to be kind of devastating. Like, it's the worst possible thing um, that I could have heard that any Canadian could hear right now. So very disappointing. I'm still hopeful. I mean, Trudeau's boasting that we have the biggest and best vaccine program we also need the fastest or one of the fastest and I'm still hopeful he'll come through that he'll find a way because the stakes are so high here they have got to do everything they can and figure out a way to get this done because um, you know all aspects of our lives are impacted by this including the small little world that you and I talk about all the time the NHL and the Oilers I mean 
uh, if they if they can get fans in the stands, and then that league um, gets its life back, gets its vitality back, gets its fun funding back, um, hockey will be back the way we love it uh, sooner than later. And it looks like that might happen in the United States if they roll this start rolling this thing out in uh, December, January. The American owners might be able to get uh, league games going uh, sooner than later. But where is that going to lead Canada if we're months behind? I don't know. It's not that's terrible news. All right. Well, there was a column written by Warren uh, Kinsella, who used to be the chief of staff to the liberal federal health minister, and it basically just ripped Trudeau. So, I like I'm sort of I you know help us out here just in, in terms of like, is this a hundred percent that the United States is going to be receiving their vaccinations before Canada, or is there still a possibility that no, the key medical professionals in both countries will be taken care of first, and then there will be a uh, you know a trickle down effect to the everyday citizens? murky in Canada's situation, but that seems to be the indication. I mean, I, in the press conference yesterday where Premier Kenny rolled out our new uh, lockdown measures, that's what, I, that's what I wanted to know. This is, this is what's going to end this misery, this brutal misery for everybody in all walks of life is vaccine. Uh, top of my mind, so it's why I asked Kenny that question. And he didn't seem to be very optimistic or very clear on when the federal government is going to provide these, uh, these vaccines. So, you know, there's still a lot could happen, and um, it's it's still a little bit murky. So um, that's where we're at. We don't really know, but uh, Trudeau has just simply got to find a way. The Liberals have got to find a way. I haven't been impressed with any aspect of how they have handled the pandemic in terms of they didn't shut the borders in time. They gave the wrong advice on masks at first. They um, didn't have PPE. PPE stockpile for Canadians. But listen, if they can get this vaccine piece right, all is forgiven and fingers crossed. Yeah, you uh, even you took a little bit of criticism yesterday. Uh, you had an individual uh, from the Alberta Federation of Labour refer to you as a UCP lapdog. I found that. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I can tell you, David, that when the Oilers were pursuing the arena deal, I was up front that I worked for the Oilers Entertainment Group and I would have been more assertive had I not been working for the Oilers and pushing uh, to get it, because I thought it was really important, and as it turned out, it's worked out. You're, you're, you're chuckling a bit. Uh, give, me, uh, give me a quick thought on that. Well, that was Gil McGowan. I think you, you never want to go full Donald Trump, and I think Gil went full Donald Trump there, I mean, attacking the media. It's kind of expected. You know, these are partisan times, and journalists are going to get attacked. But, you know, it, it really... You know, Gill's affiliated with the NDP, the Alberta Federation Federation of Labour's on the NDP board, and but you know, Bob, this isn't COVID isn't a partisan issue. It it it's it's about all of us. We're all suffering. These are yep. brutal times, and I just I just pay no attention to that kind of noise and just trying to focus on what is the best solution to get us through these tough times. How can we get out of it? And you know, pushing the politicians as I see. Fit. I've had people as far left as you can imagine that love the Oilers, and I have people as far right that tell me they love the Oilers. And for maybe 75 or 80 percent of us that are somewhere in the middle, uh, they love the Oilers too, right? This show's called, but politics, unfortunately, like David, I can't wait to when we get back to talking to doing our weekly updates of Jay Woodcroft and Brad Lauer and, and Ian <laughs> Herbers and talking to coaches and general managers for teams coming in. Like when we interviewed Stan Bowman before the Oilers 
Oilers Chicago playing series. First of all, I'd never had Stan Bowman on the show before. The, you know, the previous I was so stoked that it was on. I can't wait. But the reality is, we're at the mercy of this thing virtually in every other part of the, you know, in every industry that everybody's involved with right now. That's just the inevitability of the situation, isn't it, David? Completely right. And so to get, you know, for my for myself to just keep grounded and, and, you know, do something that I love. I've been watching the Oilers play in, in Europe, watching the videos of, of different players over there and, and really enjoying the hockey over there. It's this fascinating window on this world that I haven't watched club teams play before in the regular leagues in Sweden and, and Austria and Finland, and, and it's been fascinating. And, and there's some really positive Oilers storylines that are happening right now in Europe with various players over there, and uh, and that's the good news for Oilers fans. There's some really positive positive developments. Hey, uh, just before we get to that, Philip Kemp signed today. Uh, he was going to captain Yale. I don't think I've ever heard a more brutally honest assessment. He said he grew up idol- like idolizing, uh, being a fan of Dan Girardi, and he wants to be a pro like Rob Scuderi. Like, those are two guys that were shut down defensemen, and they're any, like, there's no delusions of grandeur about what type of player this guy is. I think that bodes well for the Oilers. Uh, that's really funny. I just, I, just to brush up, I watched the game from that he played last year, a Harvard Yale game where they, where it was four four, and he is, he's totally, that's his uh, ceiling. I will say that, like he's a, he's a big, rangy, strapping kid, uh, whose skating is not great, uh, who competes hard. So he, 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 he's, if he can figure that out, because I think this is one of the keys for players as they head into the AHL. If they can figure out what role can I play to make it in the NHL and then do that, they have a chance. So he's he's halfway there, and his skating has got to improve though because um, it, it's it's the big uh, the hole in his game. But you know, players have done that in the past. Maybe he can pull that off. All right, who are you liking over in Europe right now, David? Well, the the three big storylines. Bob, as, as I see it, are uh, three defensemen. Uh, Philip Broberg, Broberg as we call him here, uh, is he, the, the amount of talent that guy flashes. And the, the interesting thing about him is how inconsistent he is. He went through a period of about two or three weeks where he was not moving with the puck, where he was um, kind of playing a passive game and he's recently snapped out of it and he started out really strong when that guy gets his feet moving consistently and he starts challenging defenses as he's doing right now in Sweden he is an amazing hockey player and and this guy seems to be the limit so so that's one huge positive storyline the other big one is Dmitry Samarukov uh, for Seska from Moscow. He's got the best plus-minus of any defenseman in the KHL, and he's gone from being kind of an erratic defenseman in Bakersfield last year who had his struggles both on the attack and on defense to being this kind of metronome on defense, getting the puck, moving the puck, keeping it simple, keeping it simple, stupid hockey at a very, very high level. He's getting a, a ton of ice time over there, playing this steady, smart hockey game, and that really bodes well for him. And then the third great storyline is this player um, that the Oilers signed, 26-year-old Theodore Lenstrom. And I know that everyone's a little bit wary now of, 20, you know, mid-20-something defenseman signed from the Swedish League after what happened with Joel Parrison last year where he didn't pan out for the Oilers because he was too slow. But Lenstrom is a very different hockey player. He's far more aggressive. He pushes the play all over the ice. He's in your face, and he's got a high level of skill and great skating ability. So I see Lenstrom... Um, he could challenge William Logason for the seventh D-man role. Lenstrom could play third pairing, 
D in the NHL this year and do a fine job. So the Oilers uh, really improved their depth, bringing that player into the fold. Um, and and I am, you know, for me, David, I got to see these guys play in North America. I, I mean, hear you. Right, especially after last year, because you know we saw with Person clearly he, he had a, he had a brain for the game, like he could move the puck, but the the pivoting ability was not there. The core strength was not there. Nice guy. And and also just was not raised in a hockey environment where he got forechecked hard. And as defenseman, you got to be prepared to get the crap knocked out of you because that's what happens in the NHL when the good teams forecheck with pace. And that's what happens come uh, playoff time. And we saw the Oilers sort of struggle a bit in that regard against Chicago, specifically the Taze line uh, with Saad and Kubelik, you know, some bigger bodies when they, they created some turnovers and then the Oilers didn't box out a bit. So I'm just on Lenstrom, i got to see it first here. before Because, you know, it's funny, we had Mike Zanier on, and he was more effusive in his praise of Lenstrom than he was with Broberg. And but was like, it Pearson or was or, it Lenstrom or Pearson? Oh, no, it was Pearson. Sorry, it was Pearson. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like... I know what I saw with Broberg during the Oilers' uh, abbreviated training camp. Like, that was a special player. That was a special yeah. skater. And and big. And I'm like, you're, you're, you know, you're comparing a, I don't even know if he's 20 yet in the case of Broberg, whether 25 or 26-year-old. I mean, at the same age, Joel Person was playing like Division Four in Sweden, that, that Broberg right now is playing basically, what, second-pairing minutes currently uh, for Sheleftia? He's going to yeah. be part of the Swedish uh, World Junior team, so I'm going to be intrigued, and I'm always a little bit sort of just when it comes to that translation because different, different guys succeed in different leagues. Finland, uh, Karpat right now, Cody Kunit is outscoring, yes, a Paul Yarby. Now, I have a theory that once Paul Yarby got signed by the Oilers, I'm not sure maybe he's been quite as dynamic because I think he's preparing himself for getting ready to play back in the NHL. You know what I mean? But that's my theory. doesn't mean I'm right, David. You know, the Oilers brought over three players last year from Europe, Negard, Haas, and um, Pearson. Three, three players all just about the same age and highly touted. Two of them kind of made an impact, enough to earn contracts. And I think what separated uh, Negard and Haas from Pearson was their skating ability and their compete level. And so what the, the reason I'm a little bit more bullish on Landstrom is because of his skating ability and compete level. I see that at, at the same level as Negard and Haas. So I think he's got a chance. Uh, Parison lacked skating and compete, and that's what doomed him in the NHL. David, I put a tweet out earlier today. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey joining us right now. Put a tweet out earlier today. Uh, name a player from an Oilers rival team, and this was specific to Oilers fans, that you really liked. And for me, it was Jerome McGinley. So who do you got? Who are you bringing to the table here? Okay, the first name that popped in my head was Danny Lawson from the Vancouver Blazers, but that's Come going back too, that's Come going on. way too far. You have to be that guy, don't you? Hey, <laughs> you're dropping a Vancouver Blazers on me from 1970. 19- 73 like come on but my final pick is even more controversial bob it's chris pronger of the anaheim ducks it killed me it killed me (laughs) to see pronger is such a good hockey player he was such a fantastic hockey player i think he was the best defenseman of his time If, if if i had to pick of all those guys i would pick pronger over any of the other ones in that era and it killed me to see him with Anaheim. You, you, he was so fantastic uh, playing for that team, and 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 I just it just hurt so bad. 
David, for the last uh, three months, all the left wingers that listen to the show are like, you don't need staples on your show. You just <laughs> dropped that Chris Pronger. Come on, man. You know what? Can I tell you something about Chris Pronger? I totally, uh, I totally got him. Like, not everybody liked Chris. I thought Chris, Chris Pronger was honest and was a hell of a player. Okay, he was, and he he made everybody else better on the Oilers in that one year. That pairing with him and Jason Smith, that was a stellar defense pairing. They were short a goaltender all season until they got Rollison. They had, you know what? They had a way better team than people realized. They just didn't get stops in a lot of games, and then when they started to, and then they had a coach and a manager. A manager and Kevin Lowe and a coach in Craig McTavish that knew how to handle players because of their own experience being on championship teams. So they laid off the gas pedal a bit and let the guys be the guys and, and Pronger was part of it. He he was he was but you know what? Like to me, how do you overlook Jerome McGinley? Like he played against Edmonton for ten or twelve years and I don't consider Pronger a rival of the Oilers when he was in St. Louis. Uh, you know, fair enough. I just, uh, just, I just admired that player so much, and I think he was the key to the Oilers' success that year. And no question. Uh, and when he played for Team Canada in the Olympics, such a great player for Team Canada in the Olympics. So I, I just have such admiration for him. You know, the best description of Pronger is in Brian Burke's new book, where he describes Pronger as being like one of the orneriest people he has ever ever met in his life uh and tough to be around but he also had a great deal of admiration for pronger as a competitor so the guy was a great you know what great defenseman i once had a uh, very animated conversation with him uh and i was at least actually he, he thought it was somebody else it was he thought it was me that had said something. It was actually somebody else. But anyways, long story short, uh, we ended up having a good conversation about the term elite and what elite means and elitism. And we had a good chuckle about it years later. He birds me every time I see him. So I, I, I'm one of the guys that like Chris Pronger, and I think the listeners to the show know that. David, uh, a guy that was on another level, all due respect to Chris Pronger, Diego Maradona passed away today, one of the greatest players of all time oh, yeah. in the sport. Didn't you love, like, I became a soccer fan, football fan, as they call it in Europe, uh, uh, in the 80s. And it was players like, uh, you know, Socrates for Brazil. But it was Maradona more than anybody else who made me a fan of that sport. What a fantastic uh, soccer player. And there was a, uh, there's a, a YouTube uh, thing going out of him, his, just his warm-up to the song yeah. Life is Life. And it's just My a opus. joy to behold. Yeah, where, where he's bouncing the ball in, uh, around and not letting it touch the ground to the beat of the music. And he's such a special player. Uh, played hard, party hard. Uh, you know uh, that was his credo, and uh, I don't think there was. I don't think there's a more exciting uh, soccer player who has ever lived. So you were obviously a fan of the '82 Brazilian national team uh, that had. Yep. It wasn't just uh, Socrates; he had Junior, and they had Zico, and Zico, and they pounded Argentina. And in fact, Maradona got tossed out of that game. He got red card in that game against. Uh, he was sort of the young emerging star by that point. He was not on the '78 World Cup team for Argentina when he was 17. They thought he was good enough to play, but they thought he was too young. David, how do people follow you? Uh, well, just Google the cult of hockey. That's where I write. And if you if you're on if you, if you're on Twitter, if that's how you roll, D Staples for my hockey stuff, and at David Staples Yeg for my political stuff. All right, there you go. That's David Staples cult of hockey. We are going to take a 90 second break. Back with Greta Trivia when we return. 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It is currently 125 in Edmonton. Of course, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Let's see whether or not I actually need to text the answer to uh, Brendan Escott. Just before, Brendan, we get to Oilers Now Trivia for Greta Barr. We are going to go into the Oilers Prospect Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the game, uh, the gang of James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. What do you got for us? Well, we're talking uh, a little Russia with David Staples. Kirill Maximov is back up in the KHL and did register his first goal in Russia's top league over the last week. I was not getting much playing time there to begin the year, so he went down to Russia's second league, the VHL. He dominated with six points in five games and then was recalled up to CSKA Moscow. Uh, as 26-year-old Anton Slepeshev continues pacing all Oilers' properties and scoring with 21 points in 24 games in the K. His teammate and 2017 third-rounder Dmitry Samarukov has shown well, uh, picking up an assist since we last spoke of him, up to eight points and 27 contests over in Russia as well, Bob. All right, uh, time for trivia. Winners Now Trivia brought to you daily just after eh, about 125 each day for Greta Barr. And uh, up for grabs today, Brendan? $50 in gaming credits to the arcade games at Greta. Again, Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, Eat, Drink, and Play. Here you go. Uh, how tough should I make it? Uh, we'll make it. Little, eh, okay, here we go. The Edmonton Oilers signed Philip Kemp out of Yale. Name uh, the former Oiler. He played a grand total of 78 games for Edmonton over the course of three seasons. Was a prolific scorer with Oklahoma City in the American Hockey League. Uh, that is, last time I checked, he was playing, I think, in Switzerland. Um, like uh, Philip Kemp, uh, a player from the state of Connecticut. So the former Yale forward, in this case, that was with the Oilers circa 2013 to about 2015. Also played for Nashville and Toronto. Off of the top of my head in the NHL. Was he in Arizona for a while as well? I think he was. A uh, pretty easy one if you think about it. You'd remember him. Uh, was an excellent uh, farmhand player for the team in the American Hockey League. A diminutive center that uh, put up some points. Was actually once involved in a Patrick Kane own goal uh, that Edmonton scored when Kane put the puck in his own net. and He kind of angled off a Chicago player coming off the uh, bench on a line change as the puck went into the net. So again, that's Oilers Now Trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar Eat, Drink, and Play. Up for grabs, the $50 gaming card named the former Oilers forward from the 2010s that uh, played his college hockey at Yale. Do you want to mention there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to their business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. We'll give you the trivia answer. 
with the winner when we come back and bring aboard John Shannon, our NHL insider, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.